Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Well, I don't know what to say. <laughs> uh, Marshall coming in, shocking Notre Dame today, 26-21. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Jim Arizari, uh here at Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, we've got Reggie Brooks uh, here as well. Um... All I know is, uh, as I was making my way downstairs to uh, to where I to where we do the pro- the post game show, um, they were still leading fifteen to twelve, and everything just came crumbling down. Um, Reggie, your thoughts? Uh, right now, we don't have a quarterback. It's it's pretty plain and simple there. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Several times I'm watching um, Buckner. He's late on throws. At first pick, he's late on the throw across the field. You, you can't make that pass late. Um, the the over route with uh, in the fir- again again in the first half um, to Braden Lindsey. He was late on that throw. Um, wind up getting um, knocked down, and you know then you see. You know, he gets injured second second half, but not a lot of difference with um, Drew Pine. Mm-hmm. He tries to throw a ball through a, a defender and didn't work. It, I mean, you know, at first game, I mean, previous game against Ohio State, I was thinking, okay, hey, you know, our offensive line struggled. He didn't have time. He had he had time this time, and you know, if you can't run the ball and then your quarterback's late with throws. It's a recipe for disaster, and uh, that's pretty much what we got there at uh, during the fourth quarter. Uh, was just disaster. Um, at one po- at what were you worried at any point during this game? Yes, um, from the beginning, um, okay. just simply because the offensive line is still missing blocks. You know, the, the first half. You know, first couple of series, I'm watching offensive line and they're, you know, letting guys through. There's a lot of penetration. We're not getting any movement up front uh, with the offensive line. And it, you know, it kills the, uh, any chance for a running game for us because we're getting pushed back. You know, we, there's no push up front. There's no resetting of the line of scrimmage. We're passing guys off to no one, um, you know, on the zone, zone outside zone. And, 
you can't do these are just simple things you just can't do offensively and we're constantly you know making these these same mistakes and you know I was thinking okay maybe it's because um you know hey you need you know again there's a lot of a lot of question marks and then a, then you did, we have another game where the, the receivers outside receivers don't show up Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if we don't, if we can't get the ball to Michael Mayer, we don't have a passing game. Right. Yeah. Uh, Lorenzo Styles at least showed up a little bit. Uh, seven catches reverse. for uh, sixty-nine yards. But yeah, he he was it. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you can't have it with two receivers then. Um. Yeah, we'll uh we'll continue breaking down uh, this uh this game as uh as the. Afternoon turns into evening. Uh, first game, uh, first half game analysis is uh, coming up. We'll also hear from uh, head coach Marcus Freeman. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get his press conference uh, on the air for you t- so that you can hear that. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, just continue to try digesting uh, this loss. Marshall twenty six, Notre Dame twenty one. You are listening to the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Marshall 26, Notre Dame 21. The official Notre Dame football postgame show. Uh, I'm Jameer Azari. Reggie Brooks joins me as well. Um, breaking down the, uh, the the first half, uh, you were you, you mentioned how uh, how the offensive line still needed help at the beginning of the game, and I, I also thought so, too. Uh, I thought they were pretty soft from the get-go, once again. Uh, Tyler Buckner was taking way too many hits, even in the first quarter, had a sack in a hurry, and you know, getting a couple of really big, really couple of good licks on him uh, in that first quarter, into the second quarter, too. Um Yeah, it, 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 like I was, I was just like, we we can't keep playing this game, right? With with the offensive line uh, making Buckner have to run for his life, basically, if he wants to get any any sort of traction with with the offense. What I doubt, and and it's just it's frustrating to say the least. Um, and I imagine Tyler's frustrated, but we we've got to develop some sort of identity identity offensively. And it's just not happening at this point. Um, the first half, you know, you, you want to give guys the benefit of the doubt that, you know, things things happen, you know, you, you struggle. But I'm watching them on the first drive, you know, and it's a, a, a outside zone and watching uh, Blake Fisher pass off a defender to no one inside. I said the, the guard was already engaged. You got you got to understand fronts. You know the, the offensive line has to understand the front they're facing, and and adjust accordingly. You can't pass off an inside defender to no one if your guard is not with you. You can't pass him off if he's already engaged with another defender. You can't pass him off. And as I said before, it was an over over route by uh, Braden Lindsey, and Buckner was late with the throw. You know you can't. He's he's constantly second guessing himself. First uh, defensive, you know, 
first half defense played well. They, you know, forced a three and out. Then they forced a turnover on downs with the, you know, stopping them on fourth down. Yeah. But then they start going. They they were really successful with their, you know, attacking us outside with you know the outside screens uh, to the receivers and a lot of misdirection and throws outside. They were having success there. Um, and you know our our defense, you know, they really, you know, also struggled to get off blocks, which again was a symptom of last week. And, you know, at, at what point is it not, you know, uh, it's not a issue of having a plan against a better team. It's just these guys aren't executing to the level that they need to, to be successful. Is it, uh, I don't want to, do I want to say lack of trying or is it just, just terrible execution. It, it, I won't say lack of trying because again, yeah. I'm I'm never going to say a player's not trying. But it's also a, a question of confidence as well. You mm-hmm. know, you can have some struggles, but if you have confidence, you can overcome those struggles because you look at you know Marshall. They came in with the mindset that hey, we're going to compete, and again, they had their you know we our defense was getting after them pretty good. But they continued to work. They continued to do what they were doing. They never expressed doubt, it seemed, in at how Marshall was playing. Yeah. And, and again, you have that fourth go- drive. In fourth, on the fourth drive, you get the interception with the late throw, and you give them confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, again, defense is still playing well because, you know, after the interception, they forced a three and out. But again, you know, we are shooting ourselves in the foot. Yeah, I something I I noticed too after that uh, after that big run stop on on fourth down, Bo Bauer, uh, which one of the uh, Justin uh, Adam Alola, uh, you know, with that fourth down running play that that got short, you know shut down. Uh, that's when I noticed Marshall's offensive line turned it up a notch, and they by the end of the game was were really just Columbia had all day to pass. Uh, the running game exploded throughout the game. I mean, it, 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 like that, that I, I didn't think of it at the time, but that turned out to be a really key play in the game in, in how Marshall was able to adjust like that. And that's the thing. I mean, that's where you saw that level of confidence never wane with Marshall. Cause you also got to think they didn't have anything to lose coming in this game. I mean, absolutely True. nothing to lose. And they continue to play with reckless abandon. And it just seemed like our guys, you know, Notre Dame kind of tightened up as the game progressed where Marshall continued to battle, continued to play and, you know, say, Hey, you know, we're in here. No one's expecting anything of us. And they could play free, you know, and that's where, you you know, as a, as a team, you got to learn how to play loosely and play with confidence without dragging, if you will. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, 194 total yards for, for Marshall in the first half uh, compared to mm-hmm. Notre Dame's 158. Uh, time of possession pretty much equal in the first half, but uh, Marshall went into, uh, went into halftime leading to 9-7. to seven. Uh, Notre Dame did get the uh, 
the uh, the score finally. You know, a five play, fifty six yard drive, just took two minutes off the clock. Uh, Tyler Buckner with a lot of, dare I say, quality runs. Uh, which, I mean, if you think about it, he, he was shouldn't the be the game. one having the quality runs. Uh, right, he was the yeah. run game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Michael Mayer with a couple of big catches during that uh, during that first touchdown drive as well. Uh, he finally started getting uh, getting into the game as well. Uh, but it, it, it was it was at that point where I realized not only does Marshall have nothing to lose, you know, by by playing Notre Dame, they're also not scared. You know, you know how how like some teams will come in. And you know all the history and the you know Notre Dame Stadium and you know there's touchdown Jesus and it can be a little overwhelming at times. Not the case with Marshall today. Well, again, you know that that whole lore of Notre Dame Stadium has has kind of gone by the wayside um, mm. over the last, I would say, you know, five or ten years. You don't have mm. that same fear of coming into play. Notre Dame Stadium and Notre Dame Stadium anymore. That's that you know, I've seen that with several past teams that, you know, it's not the same um it doesn't carry the same weight that it used to. Yeah. And, you know, teams are coming in. Like I said, I, I you know, I believe they showed the team that come in, you know, day earlier and was able to walk around the stadium. You know, most teams do, but th- it's not a there's not a, a sense of fear as a sense of, hey, this is cool. This is a historic, yeah. st- historic field, but it's not that saying, you know, oh my gosh, I'm playing in Notre Dame Stadium, and you don't have the same, you know, it, it doesn't have the same air about it as it used to. We uh, have Marcus Freeman's uh, press conference coming up. Uh, we will also analyze the uh, the second half of the game. Uh, Marshall went into halftime leading nine to seven, but Notre Dame was able to at least get a touchdown in the uh, in the second quarter to kind of, to keep things uh, nice and close. We'll uh, we'll start analyzing the uh, the second half coming up after this. Uh, we'll be right back with more of the official Notre Dame football post game show. The official Notre Dame football post game show presented by Saint Joseph Health System rolling on. After uh, after home opener lost to Marshall, 26-21 was the uh, the final score. Uh, in the second half, for me anyway, I was talking earlier about uh, you know during the first half about one of those uh oh moments, and uh, I had one of those. It was after the uh, after the big fourth and one stop that Notre Dame had on Marshall. In the in the first half, I believe, if I look at my notes real quick, uh, that was yeah, that was in the first quarter. This the, uh, the second quarter goes by. You know, halftime comes up. Marshall's leading nine seven. Uh, another one of those uh oh moments came for me uh, when they stopped Audric Estime on fourth and one at the Notre Dame forty eight. That drive was looking really good, and all of a sudden, it just came to a stop, and it came to a stop in probably the loudest way that it possibly could have. Uh, I, 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 I still kind of find myself going, how, how did, how did he, how did he not pick that up? What, how, how did that happen? Uh, 
Um, Isaiah Foskey finally picking up his uh, his first sack. That's that's always a good thing. You got to get more of the uh, of the defensive guys involved, and uh, Isaiah Foskey certainly uh, was doing that today. Uh, but um, the uh, the the drive that uh, kind of made me start feeling good, and actually, I I think was like the you know kind of a look at how the offense should be. Um, was the drive at the end of the third quarter going into the fourth quarter. Uh, it, it finally looked like the offense woke up. They started they started being able to move the ball a lot more consistently, uh, both on the ground and in the air. Uh, Chris Tyree was basically a ghost for most of the game. He finally shows up in the fourth quarter. Uh, if I can, uh, let me just go ahead and pull up his uh, his stats real quick. Chris Tyree, three rushes for 17 yards. Um, I I could have, like, we were, we were looking at each other in the press box, kind of going, he, he's he's RB1, right? He's, he's running back one, right? But, uh, yeah, just three three rushes for, uh, for 17 yards. Tyler Buckner, before he got hurt, uh, he finished with 13 attempts, 13 rushing attempts for 44 yards, uh, two touchdowns. Uh, as well to uh, to uh, lead the Irish in the rushing attack, and again, the quarterback cannot be the one leading the rushing attack. He just can't. That's not how you're going to win ball games. Clearly, uh, 18 for 32, uh, 201 yards, two interceptions. Uh, Including the uh, including the pick six, which uh, really put the game out of reach. Um, yeah, what what more what more can you say about uh, about how the fourth quarter went? Uh, it started off great, and then everything just <laughs> just completely went to crap. So um, uh, it, it it was just. It was just shocking. Like I'm still sitting here at Notre Dame Stadium, I'm still just kind of sitting here just kind of shell-shocked over over the fact that uh that uh that that Marshall, you know, put put the foot down. Uh and they wind up winning 26 to 21. Uh we will continue uh with more. We'll get into uh we'll get into the game stats presented by Coca-Cola coming up in just a little bit. Marcus Freeman's press conference as well and uh if we uh if we got a, a a couple of players or two, since this is a home game, uh, we will uh, you know see if we can't get a couple of those on uh, before we sign off for the night. Marshall twenty six, Notre Dame twenty one. This is the official Notre Dame football post game show on Sunny one hundred one point five and Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Presented by St. Joseph Health System. Uh, Reggie Brooks, Jimmy Rosari here at, uh, at Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, right now, we are going to take you to the, uh, to the Marcus Freeman press conference. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, get that. All right, it's... Uh... Again, it's 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 never easy to to come in here um, after a loss, no matter who it's to. Um, it's disappointing. 
you know, that we didn't execute. I mean, it comes down to execution. We did not execute the way we obviously needed to to win this game. And so we have a lot of we have to look at ourselves as individuals. I just told the team that we all have to look at ourselves, starting with the head coach on down and say, OK, what do I have to do? Um, what do we have to do to fix the issues that we're having and, and not just focus on the end result? We have to look at the lack of executions in, in all phases of our team and uh, where we can improve that. So, again, it's, it's disappointing. Um, we got to take a hard look at ourselves and, you know, get back to work and find ways to, to improve as a football team. Uh, with that, I'll open it up. We'll start in the back row here in the middle with Tim. You talk about the lack of execution, Coach. I mean, as you look at it, I'm sure obviously you're going to study it here. I mean, what, what kind of things can you point to? Did you did you suspect that you were not prepared to execute on a high level today? No, I thought it was a good week of preparation. Um, you know, and that's something we have to go back and evaluate and say, okay, we felt it was a good week of preparation, but it didn't, you know, roll over to the game. And so let's go look at our preparation and look and say, okay, where can we enhance the way we prepare to make sure that we're finding a better way to execute. And until I wish there was a part, like one thing, if we did this, bam, it would, it would happen in the game, but it's, it's a really an evaluation of everything we're doing, right? Schematically, personnel wise, everything to look and say, okay, how can we improve the next time we're on the field? As you assess this, I mean, you're an inexperienced head coach. What, what role do you think that that has played in this? I don't know if it's my experience as head coach and I don't know if that's a, a reason why or a lack of execution. And, and, but it, it's, it starts with me, right? It starts with me as a head coach and looking at myself and saying, what do I have to do to help this football team and, and really look at everything we're doing because the performance isn't where we need it to be. Coach, we'll go to the front row to your right. Hey, Marcus, um, you've talked repeatedly since you got the job about this being a, a team and a program led up front on both sides of the ball. And, you know, two weeks in a row in the fourth quarter, that hasn't transpired. How close do you feel like you guys are to being that team? And what can you do to help them become that team? Well, not close enough, you know, and, and if you can't stop the runner, you know, get after the, pack, the quarterback when it's crunch time. If you can't run the ball and protect the quarterback when it's crunch time, we're not where we need to be, you know, and, and that's, but if we want to be the program, we all aspire to be, we're going to have to be an O-line and a D-line driven program. That's not going to change, but we're not where we need to be. We know that. Many of your key leaders on this team are players on both of those units, whether it's Fosky or the Adam Alolos, Jared, obviously Log. So how much confidence do you take when there are bumpy waters like this, that you have the right guys in place to help get it turned around? Yeah. I, I challenge the leaders. I challenged them because right now is going to be a difficult time because there's two, two situations going to happen, right? There's going to be people that, that say you aren't good enough. You know, you guys aren't a good enough team. And there's going to be people to say, it's okay. You did your job. And neither of those things can creep into our program, right? We have to stay together, look internally and say, okay, what do we have to do as individuals? It's not that I did my job. It's not that, Hey, I'm not good enough. It's not what do we have to do as an individual to improve and to make sure we're in a position to execute on Saturdays. We'll stay in the front to the left with Patrick. 
Marcus late in the fourth quarter with Drew coming in for Tyler. Was that an injury-related thing or just wanted something new? Yeah, it was injury-related. Tyler uh, hurt his shoulder when he got tackled. And then in the fourth quarter on another 90-yard touchdown drive, what did you notice there that might have been similar to last week or something kind of new entirely? The biggest thing was a lack of tackling. You know, it's too many times where, you know, run or pass, we didn't get the ball carried down. You can't let an offense drive 95 yards at any moment, but especially not in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line and you're up and you're trying to, you know, put the game away. And, you know, our special teams unit put the ball in a great field position and in the five-yard line. And, and we have to, when it matters the most, as I've always said, when it matters the most, we have to execute. And that's at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, when the game's on the line, we got to find a way to get a stop and we got to tackle and we got to execute better. Far right, second row with Tom. Marcus, what can you do to help these guys? I got to be a leader. I got to be a leader. And I can't sit here and point the fingers at, at any one person. You start with pointing the finger at yourself and saying, hey, I'm going to evaluate myself versus the leader of this program and say, okay, where can we improve? And then you got to challenge. We got to challenge everything we're doing. We can't just say, okay, hey, guys, just keep doing it the same way and things are just magically going to improve. No, we got to be very strategic and honest with ourselves and honest with each other, which isn't uncomfortable all the time. But we have to be honest and really take a unbiased look and say, okay, are we doing what's best for this team? Do we have the right people on the field? Are we schematically doing the things that it takes to have success? Because for two entire games, it hasn't shown it's shown at points that we've done a really good job at points in the game, but the entirety of two games, it's not where we need to be. And so as a leader, I got to be the first one to look at myself and then we got to really look at what we're doing and, and challenge it. When you feel like you've challenged them in the two weeks heading into Ohio state and then today, and then it doesn't work. Where, where do you go from there? Do you, do you tear it down and start over no, or no, what can you do? No, you, you continue to reassess. Right. You look at personnel, you look at scheme, you look at where are the mistakes happening? That's that's the biggest thing. Okay, Where's the lack of ex, the lack of execution and mistakes occurring and why? And then we got to figure out, OK, what do we need to do to make sure those things stop? happening? Because that's what it is. Right. It's the lack of execution. Yes. When it matters the most. But throughout the entire game, there's moments where there's a lack of execution for whatever reason it is. And we got to look at those moments, and say, OK, what do we have to do to fix it? Personnel, is it? understanding what we're doing schematically. Is it the preparation? Whatever it is, we have to figure it out and we have to address it. Go far left, second row with Tyler. Marcus, is, is there a concern that Tyler Buckner is being asked to do too much with, with leading the offense and carries and then also trying to throw the ball over the field? We'll, we'll assess that. I, I, I can't tell you right now. I, I felt really good with the game plan going in and we didn't produce the results that we we wanted to. And so we got to look and see. We got to say, is it is there too much on his plate? Are we asking him to do too much? And and that's going to be a part of what we do. And then how much has the inconsistency of the offensive line affected the ability with play calling? I think it's at all three levels, you know, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say it's the offensive lineman's fault. It's, you know, from, from offensive line to quarterback to running back to wideouts to tight ends, you know, it's – there's, there's multiple different levels of, of lack of execution. Um, but again, we are an O-line driven program. I've said that and, and it starts up front and we know at every position we got to improve, but at O-line too. We'll go front row to your right with Pete. Marcus, in terms of what you saw in August versus what you've seen the last two weeks, I'm sure there were some things that maybe you'd like, okay, we're going to, we have to grow in this area. I know this when the season started, 
what are those areas? Are, but are there also things you've seen the last two weeks that have surprised you um, that you felt like were going to be strengths based on what you saw in game? Um, you know, I want to be able to run the ball better, you know, and so we have to look at, um, I mean, we had 130 yards rushing today, but we, we, I still didn't feel like we could run it at will, you know, and so how do we get it to the point where we feel like we can stay consistent and stay in rhythm by the ability to run the ball. And, and we gotta, you know, we gotta hit open wide receivers in the pass game. It's not always a quarterback's fault. Right. It could be a route. It could be timing. It could be any of the many things that, that happen, which cause incompletions. But those are things that we have to improve at defensively. We got to we got to, as I said earlier, we have to be able to stop offenses when it matters the most. Our defense did a good job. But when it mattered the most, we didn't get the stop that we needed. And we needed that as a team. We needed that stop um, when the ball's on the five yard line and we're up. You know, we needed to stop last week when we're down four points and the ball's on the five yard line. So. When it matters the most, we got to be able to step up defensively and, and make those stops that we need to do. And do you know the severity of Tyler Buckner's shoulder injury? No, they just said he's out for right. I mean, he was out for that series or okay, but not year. out moving forward. No, I don't know. Okay. I have not had any discussion about that. We're going to go back row here right in front of me. Um, you said you have to look uh, individually. What did you see um, from special teams individually that you're actually happy with? I, I thought they stepped up. You know, it was we challenged the kickoff return unit and, uh, they did a good job of executing at the end of the game. We had a punt block. Um, you know, we challenged Brandon Joseph to, Hey, if you got a chance to return a punt, let's return it. And one, he did one time today and he, and he got some positive yards. And so, um, the, the special teams unit stepped up today, uh, majorly. And, and I'm really pleased with that phase of the ball. We'll go to Angelo to your right in the second row. Coach, uh, Jeff Parrison at the end of the game, about as visibly as upset as you'll see a player on Jarrett Patterson. Oh, Jarrett Patterson, yeah. Um, Did you catch wind of that at all? And what do you make of, you know, just the visceral anger that he showed there at the end? You know, an ultimate competitor, you know, and and when you're a competitive person, man, your emotions when you lose can take control of you. And I didn't see it, but I'm sure that's the case. And so, as I said to the guys in the locker room, that's when we need our leadership the most, right? When things are at the toughest moments, right? No matter if it's starting off 0-2, no matter where we go from here, when it matters the most in those toughest and hardest moments, that's when your leadership has to come out. And so this won't be the last time Jared Patterson is in a situation where he's disappointed and he has to continue to understand that that's where you have to be a leader and you have to make sure that everybody's watching you. Same with me. Everybody watches how you act when things are tough. When things are good, it's easy, man. Everybody's happy. It's, it's easy to be a leader when everything's going well. When things are going not so well, that's to me when the character of leadership will show. And you mentioned guys potentially getting other opportunities or depending on what you guys evaluate with who should get the ball. Chris Tyree didn't have many touches in this game, only had five at the end and only one by halftime, and it was in the last five seconds. Just your thoughts on being able to maybe use a weapon like that more moving forward. Yeah, I mean, we'll go and evaluate, you know, those five reps that he got the ball and and see how he graded and what he did. And, and But Chris Tyree is a guy that I have no hesitation in making sure he gets the ball in his hands. And so if we have to find ways to do that, um, and be creative and getting the ball in his hand, the ball in his hands more often than we got to do it. And now, okay, we are done. Thank you, coach. Good. Thank you. Yep. All right, guys. 
And that is Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman in his postgame press conference. Um, he said it right there, I have to point the finger at myself. Right there. So, uh, yeah. We'll uh, we'll we'll have uh, we'll have a little m- bit uh, more. We'll get into some game stats, and uh, we'll also uh, talk about what uh, what what Coach Freeman just said. Uh, we also have a a couple of player press conferences as well in the can, so we might uh, play one or two of those uh, before we sign off of here. So uh, that's what we've still got coming up. You are listening to the official Notre Dame football post game show presented by St. Joseph Health System. With so much financial. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, also Sunny 101.5. Jim Rosario with uh, with Reggie Brooks, live from Notre Dame Stadium. Um, you 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 heard uh, Coach Freeman's press conference uh, in the last segment, and right from the get go, we have to take a hard look at ourselves. Reggie, your your thoughts. I mean, it, it starts with the head. You know, I always say a, a team takes on the personality of the head coach. And, you know, it, it starts with Marcus. And he's, you know, he's taken ownership of that. Um, but also, you know, the players have got to see it, it just when you look at it, it's hard to see that the, I'm not sure they have the, the confidence and trust in each other. You know, too many times, like I said, you have a, a, a breakdown here, there. And this is what I've always said about football. Football is a consummate team sport. It takes 11 guys executing, and Marcus talked about execution. You know, is it is it is it, it's not talent? Is it is what is it? But it takes 11 guys executing together, and it just seems right now there's a lot of individuals uh, playing on this team as opposed to them coming together as a full unit. You know, and it just takes one guy out of the out of the eleven to to have a missed assignment or a, a a blown assignment, and the whole play is in 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 tatters. And you just saw it one play after another. You know, when and you and we kind of talked about it. And you mentioned about the you know looking at Marshall. You saw that group play together. Yeah. You know, they didn't. They never really fractured because they were saying, "Hey, we're here." We're competing. I'm competing for the guy next to me, and I'm going to do my assignment. Things don't go – doesn't always go right, but if you continue to execute and continue to do your assignment, execute your assignment properly, things will happen. And that's what seemed to happen, especially for the running game uh, for Marshall. Is there, a, uh, is there a certain aspect that, as you're watching, uh, that sticks out that makes you say – why why is this so disjointed why why is this not coming together like it should mark has mentioned it, it leadership you know you got to have a you have to have a confidence in your leaders the guys that are you know leading you on the field and they don't only lead you on the field they lead you off the field so you you and you have to have a relationship with the guys you have to know and understand and and believe that the guy next to you is going to do what they're supposed to do because when they do what they're supposed to do, it, it emboldens you to be better. It emboldens you to take a harder look and, and to tr- try a little harder to do a little more. It's not doing someone else's job. 
you all have a responsibility. Each guy has their own responsibility that they have to work on and execute. And when you have guys that believe in the guy next to him that he's going to do his job, you have a certain belief in yourself that says, I don't have to worry about what someone else is doing. I just have to do what I need to do and, and respond and perform. And it takes a little pressure off of you. When you can when you know the guy next to you is going to go out and execute as they're, they're supposed to, you don't feel like a, a need to do for somebody else. And and I get a sense that, you know, someone everybody's trying to make a play. You know, everyone's trying to do a little bit more versus just do what you're supposed to do and trust the guy next to you will do the same. Uh, one area for me, at least, and it, this is this has been a recurring theme for the last couple of weeks, is uh, as far as the two of us go. Uh, as far as playing together, do you get do you get the sense that the offensive line is playing together? That they have that that sense of uh, cohesiveness? No, they have not jailed. They have not jailed because when you don't have the missed assignments that you're seeing. And again, it's just a guy that's, you know, they're coming off the uh, double team a little too soon. Our guy is, you know, trying to, to get up to the next level and he does secure the first level first. It, it, it's the little things that make the difference, especially on the offensive line. And it just takes one guy not being synced up with the guy next to him to really force to, to put you in a bad situation. And an example of that is you, you watch how, when they're stunts, you know, you're always taught when a, when, when a guy goes away, someone's coming back. And several times I saw our offensive line chasing defenders in pass protection are when a guy crosses their face, they're letting them cross their face versus if somebody crosses your face, you, you latch on and drive. You latch on and drive. And that's not happening consistently. They'll do it once or twice over here, but then, you know, someone, what for whatever reason, allows it to, to, to they decide they're not going to do it this time. And that's my point of you have to be consistent in, in, your, in the execution of your assignment every play. It's every play. And that consistency breeds confidence. Marshall coming into Notre Dame Stadium and beating Notre Dame 26-21. to We will have uh, much more as the uh, official Notre Dame postgame show continues here on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh, we've got a, a couple of player interviews or a couple of player press conferences uh to play in this segment. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, defensive end uh, Howard Cross. He uh, he was leading the way on defense. He had 11 tackles, uh, three of them by himself. He was in on a bunch of tackles uh, for loss as well. Uh, we will also hear from uh, from tight end Michael Mayer in this segment. First, let's uh, let's get to Howard Cross. Howard, um, that, that quarterback that you guys had the chase all day is on his third program, very experienced. What did you see maybe on film leading into it that concerned you about his just the whole game that he has? And what did he show you today? 
Um, I mean, every good quarterback is a scrambler and they could throw passes out of the scramble. So there's a lot of times a lot of Deion came free and he's just he was a good quarterback. He made good shots. So even when he was scrambling, he can make the shots that counted. That's what happened. When a team like yours loses to a team people don't know as much about, they're going to say, well, they didn't take them seriously. What can you say to that as a group? Do you have any concerns that you guys, you know, the natural is to have a letdown after we go from Ohio State to Marshall? Um, I mean, look, the whole thing was because our whole thing was we were focusing on Ohio State because it's Ohio State the whole time and then Southern Marshall. And the whole thing was do not look at Marshall because they, they had a good season last year and the year before. So we can't like undermine Marshall. Um, I mean, they're just they're a good team. So they're going to do well this year. We'll go to Pete front row to your right. Howard, uh, Marcus was in here talking about you know trying to get a, a run stop at the end of the game. What what did Marshall do there at the end? Is, is there anything you would point to and be like, oh, okay, this is what we need to clean up defensively? Um, I mean, just they had – we were focused on the passing a lot during um, – because of their pass game. But uh, their running back was, what, like a five-star transfer or something like that. So they have a really good running back, and um, – I mean, he was he was all over the field, but they really, really emphasized ripping the ball out. But he had a good handle, I think, the whole game. So it seemed like Marshall did a good job of getting the ball to perimeter like really quickly. I don't know how much of that was a focus during prep, or if that was different than maybe what you guys had expected. Um, I mean, it was it was a focus. Um, all I mean, this is this is what happens when you play good teams. It was a focus all week. We we practice, I'm sure, harder than that. We practice harder than anybody. Um, Freeman could tell you that, but I mean. It's just what happens. You go against a good team. They will find any good team will find the openings that they need to go. They need to find. Are really your last call for Howard? Anybody? Howard, uh, eight quarters now and no takeaways for the defense. That's got to be a big disappointment. Talk about uh, what you guys are trying to do to get takeaways. Um, I mean, above everything else, honestly, I think we're more upset about that because we preach takeaways, takeaways, takeaways. So we have a whole 10 minutes doing every practice about takeaways. Um, and it's just, it just comes from, we just have to emphasize it more. Just, oh, sorry. Can you, can you gauge the mood of your team right now uh, after this loss? I mean, what would any team be? They would be down the dumps. Like, what are we going to do? But this is how great teams are made. They pick up, pick up the pieces and put it back together. You can't – the whole thing Freeman told us, despite anything that happened, was you guys got to stay together. Stay together because, obviously, it's Notre Dame. Everybody's going to say something because we lost. It's, a, it's an upset. It happens. But we got to get our stuff together. Everybody needs from coaches to starters to scout linemen. Everybody needs to get their stuff together. We got to move on and fix this because we can. We know we can. We can be a great team. We'll go second row to your right. Final question. Building off of that, obviously everyone in that locker room is not used to losing many games, and here you guys are already at 0-2. How do you wrap your head around it when you're not used to being in this position? Um, I was actually watching a video about Kobe Bryant, who was actually who was interviewed and asked the same exact question, and obviously it's not very nice, but he said, which, I mean, I take it to heart, is it, it's exciting because you win – you see what you did well, see what the other team didn't do when you keep doing what you're doing. But if you lose, it gives you an opportunity to learn. Yeah, they got our, they got outside. They they ran the ball on us. So what gaps are open? What are are we not tackling well enough? Are we not shooting the ball? And this will get us prepared better for the next team. Okay, thank you. And there's defensive lineman uh, Howard Cross, who uh, who led the defense 
uh, with 11 tackles on the day. Reggie, uh, your thoughts about what Howard had to say? Well, uh, one thing that jumped out to me, and this is uh, maybe considered petty, but I'm not in maybe because I'm old, I guess now, but <laughs> I was not not a fan of him just calling Freeman. <laughs> and that makes sound okay, a, l- right. little, a little out of source, but that, that bothers me. Like I said, I, I could never see myself ever calling Coach Holtz Holtz. Yeah. He's coach. And, yeah. and, and again, and I don't know the young man, so that's that's just my take on it, just in, in flashback. But he, he brought up a point of corrections. And, you know, like I said, it could happen to anybody, but you know, they have to see themselves and see why. And I'm not a big fan of going back and reliving a thing, but when you're in it, you can make corrections while you're in it. And I think this is where this team needs to get to, is to be able to self-correct and course-correct in the midst of a struggle. You know, and that's right now, I'm not sure they're, that they're – able to do that right now you know and that's when you you have things go bad it's you know, in some coach also i would say momentum's always coming your way mm-hmm. and a lot of that is you you know kind of bringing the momentum by playing and executing to where when the opportunities present as prevent present themselves you're there ready to take advantage of it and and all that that's what that's what marshall did when opportunities presented themselves, they took advantage of it, you know, and, and, and Notre Dame didn't. And so these are the things that you see and the things that happen that are the difference makers. And, you know, I, I, I believe, you know, Howard knows that, Hey, he, he knows the importance of, you know, doing what you need to do and, and coming back. Cause again, this could happen to anybody. And he's right about that. You know, teams are very good football teams out there that are playing at a high level, and they were coming in guns a-blazing for Notre Dame yeah. because that's an opportunity for them. They're now, you're never going to get someone's, you know, mediocre game when you're playing Notre Dame. Right. They're always going to get a team's best shot, but you have to be ready for that, and, and Notre Dame wasn't. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great point as well. Uh, a lot of, a lot of really, really, really excellent teams out there in college football that are just flying under the radar right now. Uh, let's uh, let's hear from Michael Mayer. He led uh, he led all the receivers. Eight receptions today, 103 yards. He had the touchdown at the end of the game. Also, uh, several uh, big uh, big catches uh, for big gains throughout the uh, throughout the second half. Uh, let's hear from Michael. Mike, just how close do you feel you guys are to, to clicking, in, in the, especially in the run game, and how do you take that step? I think we, uh, I think we already kind of, I don't know, it's hard. We execute during practice. We, we, we do runs during practice. We have great runs during practice, 15, 20, 25, 30-yard runs. Um, and at this point, I think it's just about coming out here and executing the runs. I mean, we know what we have to do. We do it every single day in practice. We did it all camp. We ran the ball so much in camp, and we ran so good in camp. I just think it's about coming out here and executing. 
So what did you see in the locker room from the end of the game to the time you came in here now that, that lets you know you guys are going to respond in the right way? Uh, we got a long season ahead. I think people know that. Um, you know, our goal is to, to win out the rest of the season. Um, obviously, very, very tough loss. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to lose ever. Um, so we're going to come in tomorrow, watch the film. Um, coaches are going to coach us up. And, uh, you know, we're just going to get ready for Cal. I mean, there's nothing really else we can do, you know. Far left, second row. Michael, uh, I mean, obviously the start of the season, a little bit different outcomes compared to what you're used to. Is is there something missing from this year's team compared to previous years at six out? No, no. Um, like I said, we had a great camp. Uh, we had a great uh, summer. Um, we got a lot of great players on this team, a lot of great players. Um, I think we're just still trying to figure it out a little bit. Um, and uh, – that's what we're going to have to do at practice this week and throughout the rest of the season. We're going to have to try to figure it out. And uh, that's that's really all we can do. Front row to your right with Pete. Mike, down there. Uh, I think, you know, quarterbacks get more credit than probably they deserve when they win or blame when you lose. How has how Tyler handled this spotlight um, and sort of being in this situation for the first time? Uh, he's a humble dude. Um, he he worked his tail off today. He, he, did, he did what he could. Um, Obviously, the injury is horrible. Um, haven't really talked to him about that yet. But um, he went out there and, and he worked his tail off. Um, you know, I don't think we can ask anything more of him. Um, it comes down to just the offense kind of as a whole, everybody executing more. Um, and I wish we did that today. We'll go very back row here in the middle with Pete. Yeah, Mike, this is obviously not a position that you're familiar with in your time at Notre Dame. Can you put into words just kind of the level of frustration you and probably your teammates feel right now? <laughs> I'm pretty frustrated today um, because we lost, but we'll watch the film tomorrow. Um, and, and, and Tuesday we'll start preparing for Cal. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we get a win there and, and, and start rolling then. Um, you, you really can't kind of sulk in these losses. I mean, we're owing to, yes, it, it's horrible. Of course it's horrible. Um, but we're just going to prepare for the, the next team. Um, try to execute the best we can execute. And, uh, just keep playing the season. We'll go all the way in the back with LeVon. Michael, um, after the game, you showed some emotions and as well as Jared. What was kind of, as a captain, what's it like trying to, you know, rally these guys back and get them on the field and, you know, become level-headed once you get into yeah. lock? Uh, our goals as a captain are to lead our team to victory. Um, and, you know, we, we fell short today. I tried my best. I know J-Pat tried his best, but we got to do better. Um and I think it starts with just the weekly preparation and not just today in general. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I saw that. I think we're both a little frustrated. We, we both try to be the best leader we can be. And uh, we fell a little, we fell a little bit short. And um, you reached a milestone of 120 plus catches today, but that kind of gets, I guess, does it get overshadowed at all in a game like this when you have to kind of regroup so much for Cal next week? I'm not worried about that. I'm trying to win. I'm, uh, I'm not worried about personal stats. I'm trying to win. Well, final question. Michael, obviously a couple times has come up that you guys aren't used to being in this position. So I'm wondering, how do you fight through something that you're not used to? Is there anything different that you do? Or is it as simple as trying to do the same things that you've been doing, but doing them better? Yeah, I mean, I, I've had some losses in my lifetime, like maybe not a ton in college, but, you know, I, I played a ton of sports in high school and grade school and stuff. Like, I know it's, it's for me, it's like, you know, all right, talk a little bit about it, you know, learn what you want to learn from the game. Um, how do you execute better? How do you lead better? Those type of things. But then it's just like on to the next week, you know, 
I'm not going to be thinking about this game on Friday preparing for Cal. Um, so it, it's a it's a long season. Um, we got game three coming up. I mean, we're just going to try to start to win games, um, try to be the best leader I can be and, and try to lead this team to victory. And that is tied in Michael Mayer in his post-game press conference. Uh, Reggie, something that stuck out to me, he said that uh, the offense executes the run game well in practice, but uh, something's obviously not translating to games. What what could be the disconnect there? Well, I'm thinking the disconnect is the fact that, you know, you're really not allowed to, to hit as much as you used to. Um, so, you know, padded practices, they're, they're limited. And your ability to play physical mm-hmm. is, is is and this is and, but you know it's not just them so it's not just Notre yeah. Dame that's you know that's dealing with that but yeah. I just you know just watching um, the, the missed tackles the the lack of uh, drive coming off with the offensive line and you know you you can't simulate football you know you can't mm-hmm. simulate and again you know, if you can't go in full-on attack someone and blocking them, it's hard to execute that in a game because you play like you practice. And if you're not practicing physical, and, you know, when he said that, something that came to mind for me is like, I really think they need to have our, you know, just have a, go back to the drum board and have an all-out war in a practice. I mean, really get after each other and ratchet up the intensity, you know, because teams going to, you know, when you play on Saturdays, you're going to see intensity. So you have to be able to match that intensity. And it just seems like that that's not happening um, with, with this team, especially offensively right now. I just don't think the level, the physical level of physicality is where it needs to be to be successful on a weekend and week out basis. And you can have practice. I mean, you can have success in the run game and practice, but to have success in, I mean, legitimate success, you've got to hit. Yeah, you've got to hit, and you got to be, you got to hit on a at a next level. You got to hit, play game game level speed if you're going to be able to compete. And I, and I also think again, you know, you can say it, and it's hard to say, it, but I, I think there's some hangover from last week because you know. They were a lot more physical last week than they were this week. Yeah, yeah, they were. Absolutely, I I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. They, uh, yeah, it, it almost it almost seemed like they were trying not to be like if if that makes sense. Well, I I don't think that they're not trying to, but again, right, your, right, right. your body is not. Um, your body has to be hardened in football to play a consistent schedule and being a consistently physical team, you know, and I'm my example is like, you almost have to have some level of um, pain receptors that are, that's uh, almost numb right? because football is a very physical and demanding game. And you got to have a mindset that I'm not going to let the pain, you know, take over my mind is going to be focused, locked in, and I'm going to go out and compete. I want, and, and, and I've said this to, to guys up against our play. 
I remember in the fourth quarter, sometimes in the third quarter, I'm in the backfield. I look across and look at the linebacker or the safety, and I see their eyes that, that they've given up. Yeah. They quit because we physically beat them down. Mm-hmm. And that's because we physically beat each other up throughout the week in preparation for what we would have to do and do to someone else in a game on Saturday. Do you propose some unofficial practices between now and uh, now and next week? <laughs> well, not unofficial, but I just think they just need to ratchet up. Yeah. When, the, when you can put pads on, you know, you can't be concerned about getting injured. You got to go out and go get after each other. When you learn that when you can practice at a high level and a very physical level in the in practice, I mean, when I was playing practices, I mean, when we got to the, to the games, the games were easy. We didn't we were not as phys, it was not as physically demanding on us because we were so physically physically demanding in practice. We get to a game. <laughs> I like said that was like a a break. Right. <laughs> the so games it, were it, fun. It, yeah. Right. Well, because we, I mean, when you can physically dominate someone, that there's no feeling like that. Yeah. When you physically pound someone into the ground and dominate them, it's the mindset that you're saying, hey, don't care what you do, you can't win because I'm going to be more physical than you are. I'm going to pump. I'm going to hit you in the mouth and then we're going to see what's happening. And we're going to, we're going to do it for four quarters. So I, it's, it, and again, you, in this day and age, you can't, you really can't do that because of all the, you know, the head injuries and things like you got to be a lot more careful and you, you can't afford the injuries that you used to have. We, we had so much depth and they're getting to the point where they're developing the depth at Notre Dame, but, be honest with you, you look at a, a team like Alabama, Alabama, they're, they're going on to the next one. They just, you know, Ohio State. Yeah. You know, when you look at the game against Ohio State, we wore down defensively and, you know, somewhat offensively. So it requires a physicality that has to be developed in practice. And, again, I'm not at practice, so I can't say that they're not, mm-hmm. but it just – I don't see it. Speaking of injuries, Tyler Buckner uh, leaving the game today uh, due to a shoulder injury. Uh, no other word has been said about uh, about the severity uh, of of the injury. Um, so we will, uh, you know, if we, obviously we'll we'll keep you up to date as far as uh, as far as that goes, if we have the chance to. Before we sign off, we've got to get to the opponent's scoreboard, and we will do that next. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And now it's time to take a look at how Notre Dame's opponents this season fared today. With the Under Armour opponent scoreboard, I'm Matt Embry, Under Armour, the official clothing and uniform providers of Notre Dame Athletics. Notre Dame's first opponent of the season, Ohio State, easily improved to 2-0 on the season with a 45-12 win over Arkansas State. Notre Dame's next opponent, California, in a battle with a future Notre Dame opponent as well in UNLV, it is 20-14 Cal leading with about three minutes to go in the fourth quarter. North Carolina... On the road, held off Georgia State 35 
to 28. Later this evening, BYU will take on Baylor. That's a 10-15 kickoff. In about 13 minutes from now, two future Notre Dame opponents, Stanford and USC, will do battle. Syracuse is struck first against UConn early first quarter, 7-0. Clemson, an easy winner over Furman tonight, 35-12. Navy falls to Memphis, 37-13. And at the top of the next hour, 8 o'clock, Boston College looks to bounce back from their disappointing loss last week to Rutgers when they face Virginia Tech. Notre Dame falls to Marshall today, 26-21. We'll be back to wrap it up on our final segment of the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joe Health System on Sunny 101.5, Sports Radio 960 WSBT, and online at WSBTradio.com. Wrapping up the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh, I'm Jimmy Rosari, Reggie Brooks joining me as well. Uh, Reggie, I'm going to paraphrase Bill Belichick right here and just say we're on to California. Uh, what what does Notre Dame have to do between now and California uh, in order to get a win? Well, we've got to figure out how to run the ball, plain and simple. That is first and foremost. If we cannot figure out how to run the football, it's not a lot we can do. And as, um, uh, Coach Freeman mentioned it to be balanced, you know, because we're struggling. You know, I mean, we have success throwing the ball for the, you know, this time, but you cannot be one-dimensional. If you can't control the line of scrimmage, you're going to have a problem. And right now we're just not in a position where we can – consistently control the line of scrimmage and that starts by being able to run the football do you have any ideas for uh for a player of the game uh number 87 i mean best best yep. tight end in the country uh you know eight catches 103 yards a touchdown and i i feel so bad for the kid because this this you know he's out there battling and fighting yeah and he's got some kind of way to figure out to bring his boys with him. But right now, it's just, it's just not happening for him. I mean, and he's a great young man, and it just hurts my heart to see him, you know, struggling the way he is. Yeah, yeah. He, he really has – like, it's just – he's just kept doing Michael Mayer things all season. And uh, so far, uh, still trying to get that first victory of the season. So, there we go. California next week will, uh, of course, be back here. Uh, after that game as well with the official Notre Dame football post-game show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Uh, until then, Reggie, any final thoughts? Well, biggest thing is, you know, final thought for me is we've got to get better. we got to get a win. we got to yeah. get a win. Some kind of way, somehow, we got to find a way to win. Couldn't have said it better myself, quite honestly. Uh, for for the uh, for the legend Reggie Brooks, I am Jimmy Rosari. This has been the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This has been the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. 
OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 